From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, Mark Cuban is going at Gary Gensler. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Good morning, everyone. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. In a surprise event this morning, the news is very slow. Monday actually killed it. This is the first time that Monday was not the slow day and Tuesday is the slow day. Literally don't have that much news today, but the news that I do have is very interesting. Anyway, let's get into those crypto prices so we can get straight into those headlines. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 8.47 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin. What is it sitting at? Well, it's $21,374. It's up half a percent in 24, still down 11 and 7. Ethereum's at $1,611, up 2.8% in 24, still down 15.3 and 7. Tether's number 3, USDC is number 4, and Binance is at 297, up 0.6% in 24 down 6% and 7. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Dogecoin up 2.7%, down 21% and 7. Our total market cap is at 1.02 trillion, up a little bit, 1.5%. Our BTC dominance is still at 40, and our F dominance has dropped a little bit to 19.2. The first headline today from Decrypt says Metaverse NFT tokens has plummeted more than 20% this week. So let's check out some of these. Well, we have our favorite Steppen, or GMT. It is down quite a bit. It started the week at about $1.10. It's ending the week at around $0.76. Cents. And well, you know my feelings about GMT and Steppen. They just don't have a business model. This is just me, in my opinion. I'm not dissing the company. Just saying, I don't know how they're making revenue. Decentraland, or Mana, it started the week at $1.06. We're sitting at $0.83 cents right now. Just complete down. Axie Infinity started the week at around $18.20. We're sitting at $14.51 right now. And Flow started the week at around $2.80. It's sitting at $2.12 right now. So we have a lot of drops in that space. Uh, but it's really a mixed bag across the board. I don't really see uh, much trend when it comes to what's going up and what's going down but we just had a complete fall off a lot of things are down double digits over the past week and we're going to see how this actually trends out a lot of people are saying that we're going to go into a further deeper bear and we're going to see lower bitcoin prices i 
personally believe the same. Now, of course, this is not financial advice, and I have no clue what the hell I'm talking about half the time. But I will say that I have seen lower lows in this in proportion to our all-time highs coming out of bull markets. And so I do not think the bottom's in. However, you never know. You never know. Moving into our top story today, billionaire investor Mark Cuban has lambasted the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC, their chair, Gary Gensler, for the agency's unclear regulations, claiming it makes it near impossible for crypto investors and business people to get clarity from regulators. Cuban was responding to Gensler's recent Wall Street Journal op-ed, in which the SEC boss once again reiterated his focus on investor protection. In the op-ed, Gensler wrote, There's no reason to treat the crypto market differently from the rest of capital markets just because it uses a different technology. That's actually an interesting statement. What do you think? Matthew Ernest Crypt SEO. He continues to say the SEC will serve as the cop on the beat. And as with seatbelts and cars, we need to ensure that investor protections come standard in the crypto market. Mark Cuban, however, wondered how exactly crypto investors and firms are supposed to communicate with the SEC. He tweeted, come talk to who? Set an appointment? How? Are you using Calendly these days? By the way, Calendly, I hate that word, but it's a great product. He continues to say, since you understand crypto lending slash finances, why don't you just publish bright line guidelines you would like to see and open it up for comments? Gensler, in his op-ed, he said the case of crypto lending platform BlackFi, in which February agreed to pay $100 million to settle investigations from the FEC and other federal and state security regulators. And BlackFi is not doing that well these days, right? Gensler said in the op-ed, the issue was what it did with the borrowed assets and what it didn't do as a firm, provide the required disclosures to investors. Fortunately, there's a path forward, he continued to say. I encourage platforms offering crypto lending to come and talk to the SEC staff. Getting these platforms into compliance with securities laws will benefit investors and the crypto market. Cuban replied, This is such bullshit. You didn't start the BS. Please don't continue it. If you're working on behalf of the investors, you make it easy for the questions and by investors and business people to be asked and answered. You make it near impossible. Those can't afford lawyers only can guess. And, well, I agree with Mark Cuban on this. Look, try to get a hold of the SEC. Try to get a hold of the IRS. Try to get a hold of anybody in the government and see if they actually give you a call back and see if they actually give you proper responses with customer service. Look, you see this all the time. You build and build and build enforcement, but you do not build education. You do not build a, a relationship. You do not build customer service. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with government right now, especially the federal government. You know, uh, we have the, and this is a little rant that I got on, but, you know, bear with me. Look, you see Congress with a 16% approval rating. And I just feel that it's because we do not have any kind of openness, any kind of communication, any kind of customer service, any kind of interaction or discourse to allow people to understand what the hell is going on and have input. And we see this in every other regulation agency. It's about enforcement. It's about attack. It's about, you know, putting the will of them on the people instead of having a, a dialogue. And I see that this is exactly what's happening in regulation, in taxation, in government, in legislation. And I do not think it's right. And we see that conversation is out of everything. And I agree with Mark Cuban here. If you're going to hire people on staff at the IRS or the SEC or any other regulatory body, make sure that you're hiring enough to handle questions, to answer phone calls, to reply in a timely manner, and to make sure that you have that, uh, I don't know, just hire somebody that understands customer service. 
Because look, people want to do the right thing. This is my opinion. People want to do the right thing and act within the law. But if you don't know it and you don't know how to ask it, and you don't have the time to dig down and understand really what's going on and all you do is get enforcement letters, it's not right. It really isn't right. One last comment about transparency. On my website for running for Congress, I have my FEC reports for the campaign plus my financial disclosures. And here's the thing I learned about transparency because I've worked with you know different groups and what have you trying to find publicly available information. And a lot of times you have to dig, you have to ask, you have to request, you have to follow up. They say this information is public. They say this information is there for the people. But they put it behind so much bullshit that it's impossible for the average person to ever actually navigate to get the information or learn about something. Transparency, in my opinion, also means accessible. And if you actually have transparency, you make it very easy for people to find and very easy for people to answer questions and very easy for people to ask those questions. Anyway, I'm, I'm with Mark Cuban on this. I think all of government just has to have a lot more transparency, a lot more communication, focus on customer service, focus on the people, and I think that a lot of things will be a lot better off. Getting off my soapbox and moving with the news, Near Protocol's Rainbow Bridge experienced another hack attempt over the weekend. Like the first attempt back in May, the project successfully blocked the attack within 31 seconds automatically. Near Protocol tweeted this, Automated watchdogs were challenging the malicious transaction. This caused the hackers to lose their 5 Ethereum deposit, or around $8,000 at the time, all within 31 seconds. Users lost no money in the attempted attack. They also said this, Dear attacker, it's great to see the activity from your end, but if you actually want to make something good instead of stealing users' money and having lots of hard time trying to launder it, you have an alternative. The bug bounty. And that means that these protocols, a lot of these protocols, hire hackers or people with coding experience just to try to break the system. And if you are able to do that and find vulnerabilities, they'll pay you for it. And so go ahead, reach out to these companies, try to break things, and you'll be rewarded handsomely. Argentina's Bitcoin presidential candidate is being sued for allegedly promoting a crypto Ponzi scheme. This person's name is Javier Malay, a top contender to be the next president of Argentina. And last year, he uploaded on Instagram a post to his 1.3 million followers promoting Coinex, a crypto investment platform that promised huge returns to users. The platform, which closed in June, had a huge social media following and claimed to use AI bots and expert traders to automate trades for investors and make them lots of money. Javier wrote in an Instagram post that they are revolutionizing the way to invest and help Argentinians with inflation. You can now simulate your investment in pesos, dollars, or cryptocurrencies to earn a profit. Well, that didn't work out too well for some people because now a group of disgruntled followers are seeking damages because they followed his advice and they didn't see any huge returns. And now I want to ask you the question, which you can answer at Matthew Aaron after Crypt.co. Is this malicious behavior or altruism? Because here's what I want to say. is like every time somebody that is, I don't know, has a name for themselves, mentions something, is it really malicious? And of course, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here, obviously. Obviously, with great following comes great responsibility, power responsibility sort of thing. But it's kind of like, let's talk about you and me. If you ate into like Dogecoin and you're buying Dogecoin for a penny and it went up to, you know, whatever, 50 cents, like you are so stoked, right? You're so happy. 
And let's just say you had Bitcoin for, let's say, $5,000 and it went up to, you know, $65,000. You're so happy. What do you do? It's not like you're running around going to be malicious and saying, hey, let's get these people in there to the, so they can put more money into Bitcoin so the number go up so I can take my profits out. No, you literally want your friends and family to, you know, feel and experience the same thing you want. You want to see them, you know, do well, too. I mean, I mean, I think that some a lot of people do that. They're like, hey, I just bought Dogecoin. I put $1,000 in there. I have $50,000 now. That's crazy. They're like, no way. And they ape into, into Dogecoin, right? And so you're not doing this out of militia. You're just doing this because you want people to, you know, have that good fortune that you had. And was it militia of this person? And yeah, people may have, you know, didn't see those huge returns. Was it, But was he really acting in a way that, haha, I'm going to get you stuck in this Ponzi scheme? Or was he like, hey, I just really want you to, you know, get money and is this a way i hope it helps you i don't know i guess it's all about intent right let me know what you think matthew in at decrypt.co the price of pudgy penguins well pudgy penguins is an nft if you don't know well price is going up up only 83 percent in the past two weeks and 69 percent over the past month and the ceo says we've been working our tail off for the past six months and while they're announcing a children's book a partnership with non-fungible films and they're introducing the pudgy toy lineup and they also announced a new nine-member advisory board of executives in the tech industry and other heavyweights. Nansen CEO, COO of Saks Fifth Avenue, Hasbro's head of licensing, and Meta's partnership team. So, because of all this, the rarest penguin in the collection just sold on Monday for 400F. $630,000. Does it make sense? I don't know if it has to to the person who just made $630,000 off of a JPEG. What do you think? Let me know. This next one just actually kind of makes me giggle because it makes no sense. Lawyers from former OpenSea product manager Nate Chasen has filed a motion to dismiss the insider trading charges against the ousted NFT marketplace employee. And it was filed last Friday. And the motion argues that NFTs are not securities or commodities. So, therefore, no insider trading could have taken place because they're not securities or commodities. If you guys remember back in June, the DOJ arrested Chasten with wire fraud and money laundering for alleged trades he made using insider knowledge of which NFT collections were going to be featured on OpenSea. The Friday's filing says, as alleged, Mr. Chasten exploited his advanced knowledge of which NFTs would be featured on OpenSea's homepage by purchasing certain NFTs before they were featured and selling them for a profit after they were featured. The filing continues to say, with this exact wording, which is absolutely Weird, in my opinion. The rub, however, the rub, yes, the rub, however, is that the NFTs were neither securities or commodities. This is stupid. This is a stupid argument from these lawyers. I don't think they have anything. It doesn't matter if they're securities or commodities. Insider trading is insider trading. Yes, maybe some laws and precedent is set it up there. But literally, if you know that something's going to be listed in a trading market that's a mar- that is trading openly in a market, it is obviously insider trading. Obviously, this is all alleged. This is dumb for two specific reasons. Number one, it makes no sense. I don't see how any judge with common sense will allow this to go on. It's just stupid. I think there's a lot of lawyers listening to this. I have a couple that I know will probably chime in on this. This is dumb. The second one is this literally sets up the ability or the reason or the motivation for the SEC to come in and deem NFTs securities. It's like if you're trying to use this as a scapegoat, saying it's not a security, so we can do whatever we want. Literally, the FEC or the CFTC is going to come in and say, okay, let me just fill this gap, fill this loophole, and let's do it in a way that just pisses everybody off. Because now urgency, and now it's being used in the court of law as trying to skirt common sense. So, (laughs) I just don't like this one bit. I think the lawyers are going to get smacked down 
bigly on this. And finally, Telegram CEO has proposed bringing the platform usernames and channel leaks to the market as NFTs. In a Monday post to his personal Telegram channel, which has uh, 650,000 subscribers, the CEO suggested that millions of reserved Telegram addresses could be auctioned as assets on the blockchain. He said this in quote, This would create a new platform where username holders can transfer them to interested parties in, cl- in protected deals, with ownership secured on the blockchain via NFT-like smart contracts. Telegram, by the way, has 700 million users, which could be participating in this. However, my question, personal question is, how many of those are bots? I kind of feel like it's Twitter-like setup with that one. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, like, and leave a comment. I haven't had a comment since June, and I miss the comments. And if you're on Spotify, smash those five stars to show everybody that this is the best damn crypto news show in the biz. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.